Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People will ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Paul Hamilton's appearance on WGR brought to you by Relax Honda. Relax. We got this. As the Sabres fall to the Florida Panthers last night. Jeremy White, Nate Geary. Nate's in for Joe today. Good morning, Paul. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. Paul, I liked that game. I thought it was a good game. A spirited uh, affair from from each side. The Sabres ultimately come out on the wrong side of it. Um, But it got chippy. I mean, these games for the Sabres... I know they're you know struggling to even get into a playoff race, but between Sunday against Carolina, uh, you know they had a bunch of a couple wins in a row. They had five road wins in a row, which I was I learned last night. If they had won, it would have been their longest road stri- road winning streak since two thousand six. So these games have been a little better, right? Have the Sabers, to your eye, found a little bit of what they were looking for all year? Somewhat. I mean, they uh, it was chippy for whatever reason. This is turned into a bit of a nasty rivalry between these two teams. And it was interesting. Uh, Don Granato wanted nothing nothing to do with it about his calming on it. But Carl, Kyle Oposo was talking about how, you know, he, he loves games like this against them and he enjoys playing them because it is, you know that you're in for a battle. Thompson brought up the same thing. Like, you know, it's going to be a battle and they love that, you know, that they think Florida kind of brings that out in them, but they both also kind of felt the Sabres fell short on that. Um, You know, Kyle Oposo was talking about putting on your big boy pants and he goes, a lot of guys did, but he said some guys didn't. And he, you know, he said, we need more of that. We need more guys, you know, regularly go toe-to-toe against them. And, uh, you know, they're talking about just the fight. The fight that the Florida Panthers make you go through just to get to the net. You know, how they're so good at defending and defending hard. They're a hard, hard team to go against. And if you get to the net, you know you've earned it. And Thompson said that, you know, almost just like that. He said, you know, you got to get to the net. We got to do more of that. And he said, because when you do, you've earned getting there. And, you know, they both kind of thought 
I don't think we can sit here and say they didn't compete or anything like that. That wasn't it. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's more of a flaw in the team. They just don't have enough guys who are hard to play against. And that's something I've been saying for how long now? I just think it's a flaw in the way the team is designed that they just don't have enough guys that can battle and, and do do that and stand toe-to-toe with a team like the Florida Panthers who are just going to grind you to death and they're, they're, they're going to you know, be in your face all, all night long and they're going to make it very difficult for you to get to their goaltender. Buffalo did score two goals because they did. They got to the net. And, you know, they, they screened the goaltender and they were there to score those two goals because of it. But, uh, you know, I, I just think if they want to be a good team, we need to see more of that. Paul, it's funny, like hearing Oposo say big boy pants, not everyone, and Cousins say we play soft. I'm, we're not going to get a window into the exit meetings, but when these exit meetings happen, it seems like the players have the, I mean, I don't know if they would call out their own teammates, but. There's a consistent identifier of some guys are all in and some guys are not. And, like, you've talked about it, that that the job right now is going to be to figure out which guys are the guys that are not hard to play against, if they don't already know that, and the Sabres will have to systematically root them out and get different ones in. Because the number of times that that sentiment has come from this team is alarming. It is. It absolutely is. They're not talking about compete that much anymore because they compete on most nights now. But what took so long? You know, how many times did I sit there in the morning and say to you, you know, that's inexcusable. That you, that you can control. Whether you're a good team, bad team, they're better than you, you're not. You can control your compete. To me, that's an individual thing. And in, in your, down deep in your gut, you know, are you willing to go to compete on a regular basis? And it was a regular basis where they didn't. And that really, really bothered me to hear that all the time. And that that's probably one of the reasons why they're playing better and have a better record since the first, because that doesn't rear its ugly head as much anymore. You know, they have figured out that if they're going to win, they have to compete. And for the most part, they do it. Um, you know, they, they, they had some up and ups and downs in the game. And it was interesting to listen to a post so too about the second period where they – didn't even get out of their end. I mean, it was 19 shots by Florida and Lucan and Stant stood on his head. And, you know, they went into the period down 2-1 to one and they left the period down 2-1. And that's, he goes, sometimes against a really, really good team, and that's the number one team in the NHL right now. Um, he goes, sometimes they're going to carry the play a little bit. They did. And he goes, that's okay because we recovered from it. You know, he goes, Lucan was great. And we got out of it, and then we came into the third period, which they did until the five-on-three happened. And, you know, they were they were back playing really well again. You know, and then he, now you got a game on your hand because your goaltender stood up for you and was phenomenal in the second period, held you in until you got your game back. And, uh, you know, the, and then the five-on-three happened. So, and that made the score from uh, two-to-one to three-to-one, and that – basically lost the game for him. So, um, you know, I, I, compete really isn't a big issue, but to me it still is an issue from the point that it took over half a season to get to a point where they compete on most nights. Paul, on the five-on-three, let's start with a penalty to Benson. Clearly Don Granato was upset because Benson now, does he have a knack of getting 
a penalty called on him that should be on somebody else. He might have been interfered with on the way. Um, but it, it almost feels, feels like Benson's not getting calls that he maybe deserves. Yeah, it's it's really weird. But I, to me, Don Granato picked the wrong penalty. That was a trip. I mean, uh, I'm I'm sorry. It just was the, the earlier penalty on Benson, the one in the beginning, of the first period, holding. I I looked at that four times. I didn't even see a gesture for holding. Um, and that's the type of thing you're talking about. It's just like these phantom penalties. That he winds up with. I remember there was one penalty. He was around the net with three different guys mauling him, and he came out with the penalty. And I, and I'm still scratching my head. Go what? When? When? Where? What? What? What are we looking at here? And you know, I just, I, I don't understand what. But that to me, the the penalty that he went berserk on was actually a penalty. Uh, the Greenway thing he didn't like either. He brought up the Greenway one where Greenway got the double minor. I know uh, Cousins, Nick Cousins, flopped, but he, it was a roughing penalty. Greenway did turn around and punch him, and I understand he embellished it. I mean, he made it look like he got hit by a heavyweight, the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world, and uh, he was never going to get up again. I, I, I get the embellishment part of it, and maybe if you want to, but, you know, to say that Greenway didn't deserve a penalty or whatever, now embellishment used to be a penalty. You don't really see it much anymore. But, um, you know, if you want to say Cousins deserved an embellishment penalty, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, but uh, and then he talked about, you know, Krebs getting punched in the head and there was nothing there. And then a second guy came in the same scrum and knocked his helmet off of him and there was nothing there. And he just said there just comes a point where you just got to stand up for it and, and stand up for your players. And um, I, I don't know. I'll get into this. I, to me, it's a twofold thought. I get the frustration. I, the the refereeing in the National Hockey League is just horrendous. Look at what happened to Toronto. Their coach got ejected. Um, it's just horrendous. And I, I, I get it. I understand his frustration. That, But to me, here's the twofold thought. If you're not in the playoffs anymore and you're out, by all means, lose your mind. Go crazy. It doesn't matter. If you feel that you basically are out of it, you're out of the race, and you don't think you, there's any way you can you can get back into it, by all means, lose your mind. I mean, you do. I get it. I totally get it. But if you think you still have any shot at all, I mean, that th- three-game winning streak that could have maybe been a four, and then can you get it to ten, you know, type of a thing, if you think you still have any chance at all, a mathematical chance, that was not a good move by the head coach. It was a dumb move. He he, he lost the game for him. I mean, plain and simple, Don Granado lost the game for them. It's a two-to-one game. They, they were getting their game back. They, they got a penalty. Even if you think you got totally, I mean, you got to hold your cool there because you can't. Give the Florida Panthers a five-on-three. You just can't. And uh, for a two-minute five-on-three, because they are they are the best team in the National Hockey League, and they are going to make you pay for it. They did. They took a three-to-one lead because of it. 
and the game-winning goals on Don Granado, and that loss is on Don Granado. One other thing about coaching, Paul, the last you know minute, two minutes, three minutes, trying to get Lukanen out of the net. I mean, the Sabers seemed like they had multiple opportunities, and when Lukanen goes to the bench and then skates back into the net, just because the puck is in their own end, it just seems to me like their their late game scenarios are much too conservative to give up that empty netter. They had opportunities to pull him and try and get the extra skater on. They wasted a good minute or two. And then even the last opportunity, Cousins trying to carry it in the zone, it just seems like in terms of parts of their game that's missing, that's a big part that's missing. He used to just we're pull him at this time, and they were getting scored on almost every single time. And I be worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. There, I could see how things were developing. There really wasn't a huge opportunity Almost any opportunity he would have thought to pull that goaltender, Florida was going to get control of the puck almost immediately, and you could see it coming. Um, there was one time Lukanen was leaving and went back. I mean, he he because he could he could see what I'm looking at. That oh, we don't have, we don't even have close control of the puck here, and this this is coming back at us, and it did. I mean, they they were they would have had the empty net goal had he not gotten back in. Um, so in this particular case there, now I, I think there becomes a time where you just got to take the chance and pull them. Uh, but, but I mean, when, when, you know, you know, coaches now they pull goalies with three minutes left or two and a half. It, to me, it would have been dumb to, to pull them in, in almost any situation the way Florida played because Florida was coming up with the puck almost immediately and it was just you would have had your goalie out for five seconds and it would have been in your net. Um, but yeah, it does you're right. It got to a point like it's a, if it's a minute and a half left, you gotta get him out. And that's when, okay, even if it's looking like you're not gonna keep control of the puck or whatever, you gotta hope that maybe you do. And you gotta get him out. And that's where that's where I would have disagreed uh, with with him and what in what they're trying to do there. Um it just gets to a point where you gotta get him out unless Unless Florida's standing there with the puck, but 
if you got, as you said, if you got cousins and maybe he's getting into traffic and it's not looking good, there's three Florida Panthers there uh, ready to take it from him. Sometimes at that point, you just got to say, well, you hope Dylan Cousins gets a puck by them and gets it into the zone. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline as we talk about last night's Sabres game against the Panthers. They're on their Florida trip. They go to Tampa coming up for a game tomorrow and then home for Vegas. The news on the Golden Knights for the weekend is Jack Eichel has returned to skating, so something to keep an eye on for Saturday. Uh, Paul, as we look forward to the, the Tampa game here, you know, it's funny, like, they're just going to ride Lucan in the whole way, and they're getting a really good look at what he can do if given a big load of, of load management's a big thing in sports. And here's Lucan and just playing every night. And my favorite question to ask: We got Marty coming up. I'm gonna ask him when is this all real? He he was great again. I mean, we are on the longest stretch of a Sabres goalie being this good since I don't know when. I mean, Levi had seven games last year. Prior to that. This is the most optimistic I think a lot of Sabres fans might be about a young goalie ready to, to, to be the guy. Yeah, I think you can take it right back to Ryan Miller if you want to. Um, yeah, I mean, even Levi wasn't this good last year when he went on that little bit of a run when he showed up. So, yeah, it seems like Lukanen's for real, and that's why when we're talking contract here, I don't know what to say. I. I mean, it hasn't. It's pretty much been a full year. I thought he's playing. He wasn't playing quite this well, but before he got sick, I thought he was doing pretty good. I mean, because now you can, you don't have to stay say since January first anymore, because he's now we're going into that game. He's fifth in the league in goals against for the year, not just since January first for the year. You know, so. You know, his numbers are pretty solid in, in many categories for the season. He he just had that blip when he got back from sickness. It was a very, very bad illness he had. He didn't play well for, I don't know, what do you want to say, a week, maybe a week and a half, whatever it was, and then he got it back. And that, But that was a test to me, too, because he had been playing well before. He got sick and it wasn't going well. Okay. You know, last year, remember, he was Brook Goal, Goalie of the Month, Rookie of the Month. And then he didn't go so well, and he couldn't get it back. For a game now and then he would, but he couldn't get it back. He got it back this time, and and it was even better, you know, when he did it. So, um, yeah, I think they, I think we can say safely say now that they have a number one goaltender on their hands. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Paul, before we let you go, want to. Get your thoughts, your memories, I guess, of uh, the coach, Chuck Dickerson. We learned overnight that uh, he passed away. The, the obituary says there's going to be you know, services coming up, and he had a short illness and passed away at the age of 86. I remember, Coach, I've been here long enough to have been here when he was sitting in this chair, and I know, of course, you would have known him better than I would, um, I'm quite sure. He was, he was something, and, and away from the radio waves, I learned so much football sitting in his office because, you know, he would talk, you know, of course what he did on the air was a little bit of showmanship and not not a little bit, it was a lot of it. And, but, you know, I, we didn't have to, you know, it wasn't a showmanship type of a atmosphere sitting. He would sit down and it was almost like a chalkboard. Yeah. All right. You know, on this play, this is what a player is trying to do here. This is what this player should have done, and you're 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 too focused over here 
and what you're talking about. This is where you need to be focused on this play. And I just learned so much football from him, you know, that, that, you know, it was just, it was just so, so much fun to, to, I, I love sessions like that where you're with a coach and they can go over things. And he loved that too, you know, sit there and, and to teach football like that to you. And he would teach that to listeners too. When, I mean, there was a lot of bravado and all, all that as he was a showman and you know, it's called a show and that's why it's called the, the coach. And it's called a show because he certainly was a showman and he, he knew how to get listeners. And, and he would always say, he goes, I don't care if they like me or not, as long as they're tuning in. He goes, if they're tuning in because they hate me and they want to scream at their radios, great. Guess what? They tuned in. And that's the way he looked at it. And he had phenomenal ratings and in that time slot, and people did listen, whether they liked him or they didn't. They listened and they wanted to know what he had to say. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Take care. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline uh, as we – you know, chat about last night's Sabres game and uh, Chuck Dickerson. You know, as he says that, I can remember when I started here, I was thinking of a good comparison on the way in, Nate, that, you know, in football there's the head coach and the offensive coordinator and then the quality control mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. When I started here, coach was like the head coach of the station. He was the biggest star. I mean, he's on the afternoons. And I was the grad assistant, right? Like the, what's the lowest position on a football coaching staff? Right? I was the guy over there cutting sound for the afternoon show and just kind of learning about radio. And exactly what Paul said, there were, there were multiple times where I'd be working post-game. And my job on post-game was to take in the sound from the podium and cut it up so that sound bites are ready for the sports updates and sound bites are ready for, you know, for Coach, for Chuck. And if I came in early and sat in the control room with whoever was here watching the game. The first time I did that, I was in a little bit early and watching and, and as he's watching the game and doing exactly what Paul says, like breaking it down. This was before you could watch all 22 on NFL.com to get a coach's insight watching a game live. You know, now you watch the Manning cast and you see Peyton Manning break down a play in real time, like, oh, they were looking for this, they're trying to do blah, 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 blah. Tony Romo became a sensation because he did that, and... and I think what we've all learned is that there's a good chunk of the football fan base that wants that, that loves that. Just teach me all the time. Show me the all-22 breakdowns. Give me what they're looking for. And with Coach, I came in one time early and noticed, like, oh, man, if you, if you come in early, I'm going to get that. And then I would just start coming in earlier and earlier because I was working the postgame shift anyway and to kind of get his sense of that. The, the, the coaching side of football, watching a game live. It was super, it was really cool. It was really an eye-opening experience. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit before my time. So I wouldn't have <clears throat> really been listening. At, I mean, how, how long are we talking here? 15? Oh, longer. I mean, he, he was, he, I mean, Shope will have timelines better. I mean, because Shope jumped in with him in the afternoon. It was Shope and the coach. And for me, this is, I remember listening to him. I'm at, I'm at college in Syracuse listening to this station during Sabres playoff runs, like the 99 Cup Finals, I'm listening to this station. And I learned of him then. And then he's here through, I don't even know what year. I'll ask around the building. But those years that I'm talking about, that's 2000. Well, here's a great question. What year was Chad Morton's kick return in overtime against the Bills? 2001? 
Okay. Bledsoe's first game. So it's 2000, 2001, 2002, 2000. No, I graduated in 01. Yeah, I'm in fourth grade at this time. Yeah. I'm three years old. Yeah. So not getting a lot of, I don't think I was getting a ton of, w, I mean, WGR would have been on in my dad's car on the way to football. Yeah. But. It's, it's 2002. Yeah. We, 2002 week one, the Chad Morton game. Yeah. That was uh, Bledsoe's debut, and Chad Morton had two kick returns for touchdowns, including the overtime kickoff return for a touchdown. It was, you know, it was disappointing. Has any team in NFL history ever lost two games in overtime on kick returns to another team? Because the Bills have done that twice. That's crazy. One on a punt return this year, week, yep. week one. And in 2002, week one, kick return in overtime. Yeah, wow. Without looking it up, I'm going to say that's never happened before. That one team has two overtime special team losses in the opener. Yeah, I mean, that's an obscure stat. There's the no same, way. The There's no team. way. Yeah. Anyway, 803-0550 if you want to join us, one 550 Marty Baron, I want to ask about Lukanen. Do the Sabres have one? Here's Paul bringing out images of, you know, Ryan Miller. Hmm? What do they have here in UPL? He's been great. Jeremy and Nate. Nate's in for Joe today. It's WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.